it's Brandi Taylor. Welcome to the Business Beauty Network Podcast, where business meets beauty. It's not just lipstick, it's business. We will share thought-provoking conversations with business and beauty professionals. Our goal is to empower, motivate, and inspire you to take your business to the next level. Hey, it's Brandi Taylor, the business coach for beauty professionals. I help beauty pros amplify their business and take more action. I am super excited to share the Beauty Pro Mastermind with you, a group for serious beauty pros who want to find ways to continue to thrive in their business, a safe place for support, accountability, and education. This group is for beauty professionals who are ready for change in their business, understanding that commitment is required to achieve your goals. You know you need to make a move, but you're unclear and need an extra push. My mission is to empower beauty professionals and equip them to achieve their goals, bringing beauty and business together through support, education, and business resources. Register today for the Beauty Pro Mastermind at IamBrandyTaylor.com and just click on Beauty Pro Mastermind. I will also include the details in the show notes. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I am super excited to share today's episode with you. I had the pleasure in interviewing Melissa Hibbert. Melissa is a beauty and lifestyle expert, and we had an awesome conversation. She really has an interesting story. She has so much wisdom, and she was just a delight to have on the podcast. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview and learning more about Melissa and the awesome things that she's doing within the beauty community and also her story as well. Here's a little bit of Melissa's bio. A former corporate marketing executive, Melissa is a go-to beauty and lifestyle expert in Hollywood. Melissa is a licensed esthetician who also has a bachelor's in pre-law and a master's in business. Her work in beauty has been featured globally on networks such as Bravo TV, Lifetime Network, WeTV, TV, TV One, VH1, BET, and in leading publications like Glamour, InStyle, Bridal Magazine, Essence Magazine. Over the years, Melissa had a recurring appearance as a beauty expert for the 60 Minute to Glam Makeover segment on the Real Daytime Show on Fox TV Network. Melissa is the founder of the Glam Agency, and she's also a beauty brand consultant working with many cosmetic and skincare brands. Melissa is the author of Face Your Beauty, A Call to Live Worthy. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview, and here it goes. Hey, welcome to the podcast. It's your host, Brandi Taylor. We have an awesome guest today, Melissa Hibbert. Welcome, Melissa. Hi, Brandi. Thank you for having me. Hey, thank you. I'm super excited to chat with you today. And um, so, Melissa, tell us something about yourself that most people would not know. That most people would not know. I am an avid collector of books. So um, my I have always had this passion to not only read, but collect books. So I have a a growing um, book collection in my home. And my goal is to create uh, and design my own in-home library one day in this lifetime. Oh, awesome. Awesome. That would be great. Mm -hmm. So um, is it that you, do you read, is it a rule behind it? Like, do you have to read every book that you collect that you bring in? Or how does it work when you're building your collection? No, you know, a lot of them I have read, and then there's some of them that I have not, some of them I intend to read, but, but I, all of them, uh, I'm inspired by 
on some level, you know, whether they are, you know, inspirational, you know, self-help books, motivational books, educational books, historical books. So, you know, I just, there are a lot of authors that I just really, um, I really love how they write. I really love how they think and how they help me to, to develop as a person. So, you know, there are a lot of those um, personal development books that I, you know, really have in my collection that I love. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I probably don't have quite the collection you have, but I have a little collection myself, but that's interesting. You know, you want to have a whole library in your house. So you got to have quite the collection for that, for sure. Definitely. (laughs) That's awesome. So I know you have like, um, you came from a corporate background. So I want to kind of talk about that before we get into the beauty stuff, because I want to kind of see how you led up to where you are now. So tell us about like, you are, you are a corporate marketing executive, and you even have a, a degree in pre-law, right? So, yeah, so tell us, like, your journey, like, with that. I know it's probably a long journey, but, you know, just, like, some short and sweet on how you, you know, got to where you are now. Well, the short and sweet version is I attended um, cosmetology school while in high school simultaneously on weekends. So I was uh, I graduated from cosmetology school and high school rather around the same time. But I did not pursue beauty uh, right after high school. I chose an education because I believe education is power. So I went off to college in Nashville, Tennessee, to the illustrious Fisk University. And my actually my intention was to major in mass comm. I had a passion for communication and uh, and broadcasting. Uh, being inspired by Oprah, like I was like, okay, well, let me, you know, let me take that 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 path. But uh, the curriculum was dropped in my first year. Fisk is a small school, so they decided if there aren't enough people involved in the curriculum, they're going to change it. So I said, okay, what's the next best thing? Uh, you know, I like to argue or debate, as they say. So let me, let me, uh, you know, try out, try out law. And so I was a pre-law, double major pre-law in public administration. And so that was actually really great for me because, uh, you know, it definitely allowed me to, you know, have a strong uh, background in strategy and communication, as well as, you know, critical thinking and debating. I was on the debate team and, you know, did a lot of great internships with law firms. But I still didn't feel that itch and that passion. But all throughout college, I was doing hair and makeup. There was a dorm and there was an abandoned uh, salon in my dorm that I uh, ended up in as a freshman and started doing hair and makeup throughout um, college in that abandoned dorm after I cleaned it up and kind of helped to make it functional again. So beauty has always been a part of me. It followed me through college. It followed me through corporate. I ended up moving to New York after college, ended up in corporate America working in corporate marketing, brand marketing, entertainment marketing, product marketing, but always on the side on weekends, holidays, birthdays, friends and family. I was always, you know, doing makeup, but it was, so it was one of those things that's like a hobby, um, something that I know that I loved and I enjoyed. And when it was time for me to really think about why I was no longer happy with corporate America, it dawned on me that my true passion was beauty. And I had to find a way to make that transition from this corporate background that I had spent 14 years developing, being successful, working within, to now starting over in a very competitive and oversaturated industry as beauty uh, in 2012. And I was ready for it, though. And so I jumped right in. And um, within a few within a few weeks, I was working for a television network. And I've been working in TV and film ever since. Wow, that's very interesting. And it's, it's interesting, the journey, because it seems like you've you've done many things 
And but beauty was all like on the weekends in college, you know, even from the start from high school. So you knew you loved beauty, but you didn't maybe was it that you didn't see it as like a viable career at the time and you thought maybe you had to pursue like more of the corporate route? Is that what it was? You know what? Honestly, no one told me the 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 uh, the the idea that if it comes easy to you, that's what you were born to do, right? And so that's what you're that's what you're supposed to do, right? We always think that everything has to be so hard. It's supposed to come hard. It's supposed to you know take you through trials and tribulations before it becomes rewarding. But it was the most effortless thing that I did, and I did most of it for free often. That was my true calling, and no one cultivated that in me. No one, I, that wasn't taught to me. I come from a culture where you work really hard. We also live in a culture where, edu- and not that I, I still value the fact that I did receive an education, but um, pursuing your passion was not, was absolutely not uh, a part of the conversation. So I always looked at it as a hobby. I always looked at it as, oh, okay, that's fun. You know, I love to do it, but I never was taught to manage, to monetize it. Certainly not turn it into a business. Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of people, you know, I like that. I've talked to so many people who are like, I went into nursing, but I decided later to pursue my dream to become a hairstylist. Or I went into, you know, something else. And then I decided to, become a makeup artist because we are not taught that it's okay to like really do what you're passionate about and what you love to do and it doesn't have to be hard it could be easy for you yeah it could be easy i mean we that's the cultural thing honestly i do a lot of um consulting with 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 others who are interested in in makeup and beauty so i kind of create this curriculum 90 percent of the women that i work with are nurses that love makeup Mm -hmm. they only ended up in nursing because most of them either come from you know a a culture where they have to be in medicine they have to be a lawyer they have to be a doctor they have to be in medicine they have to be some kind of career that's quote-unquote secure and solid but they burn their burning desire is beauty and 90 percent of those clients are are women in, in nursing which is which has been really interesting that is interesting. And I know that to be true because when I tell you, I think I have interviewed at least four nurses who are now successful in beauty, but they're, they're licensed, you know, nurses. And it's like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and some yeah. of them are, you know, still have their license or have practiced for years before they stepped out into the beauty industry. So that, I didn't know quite know that it was that many people being that you yeah, had 90% of your people. So that means, and it, did I interview four people that were nurses? Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, there's definitely a common theme there for sure. Definitely. It is. Awesome. Awesome. So you, now you're into this awesome beauty career. You said it's 2012. You just, you, you stepped out and you said within a few weeks you were in TV. Now, come on, Melissa, how did you get in TV so quickly? Well, you know, I implemented the same mindset that I did when I left college and went into corporate America with a pre-law degree wanting to work in marketing. I did the work and I made sure that I went hit the ground running. So when I left corporate America and I ended up in, in, and I, and I transitioned to beauty, I did all the things that were necessary for me to be successful. I, you know, set up a photo shoot so that I can get images. I created marketing materials. I created a website. I started to go out to a lot of events, 
promoting and marketing myself, showing up, doing events for free, partnering with boutiques so that I can uh, leverage their clients that came in to shop. I would show them how to match their lipstick with their outfits or create a look. So I created a lot of value. And as, a, as an entrepreneur, you know, starting out, I think that's so important to do to not be afraid to invest in yourself. And some of that time means that you may not have that income right now, but it's going to lead to something. So you have to continue to plant seeds. So I planted a lot of seeds. I planted so many seeds that my harvest came within a short period of time. And, you know, that was very important for me to do because Again, I was coming out of a very a 14-year career. I was 36 years old. I didn't, you know, I, I had to succeed and I had to succeed very quickly. But in order to do that, I had to not only humble myself, but also add a lot of value very quickly and make a lot of the great relationships and show my talent. And that's really what I did. So by doing so, I ended up um, working with a photographer who received a call from a network and he chose me as the person that he wanted to um, go on set with to do that job. And, you know, he'd already been working with a lot of makeup artists this entire time. We only met a couple times prior, but he chose me. And so once I ended up on that show, working on that show, the doors opened up from there. You know, they they say in life there's really no mistakes. So the path that you walk is the path that you're supposed to walk, and it and it seems that you hit the ground running. So I may, that may be that marketing background. You're like, just let me get out there, out there, do a website, I'll network, I'll connect with the people. And I remember building my career as a makeup artist. That's what I did. Like everybody I met, I told them I was a makeup artist. I everybody that I thought could use my services I let them know what I did I was always talking about it I was always connecting I was always at different events and anybody that came in contact with me knew exactly what I did and I was planting seeds and leaving things out there and that's what you have to do a lot of times I find when you know people you don't hear too many people that say that they did that like I'm trying to figure it out I just can't get clients I can't get my you know enough makeup jobs to support myself but you hit the ground running and connected with a photographer that opened a door for you. So I want you to kind of talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, I think that it's, I think it's really important to, um, to not chase the money. Right. And what I mean by that is, is that you have to realize that there is, you, you, you will be paid for your work, but the work has to be done. And so if you don't get out there and, Promote yourself, market yourself, network, be your own publicist. Like you said, tell everyone and everybody what you're doing, right? Um, I started calling myself a beauty expert before I actually had that competency because I spoke it into existence. So who's not going to believe me? If I believe it, why wouldn't the person that I'm talking to believe it? And then I can back it up with great work and great talent, you know, and, and great creativity and flawless makeup. So I was very much um, using a lot of my business backgrounds, uh, sensibilities as a professional working in corporate America to know the, the kinds of um, the, the, the foundational elements of creating a brand. I had worked on multi-million dollar brands like Ford and Coca-Cola and, you know, Jordan brand, you know, so a lot of the framework of, 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 of working for a corporate brand can absolutely be transferable to the beauty industry. And that's what I did. I had that 
background and use those transferable skills to bolster my entrepreneurship endeavors in beauty. Great. And so in addition to just really stepping out there and, you know, making the right connections, what do you think has contributed to your success in your, in the beauty industry? Hmm. I think one of the main things, again, as I said, I started, when I started out, I didn't come in this business expecting um, anything from anyone, right? I knew that I had to do the work. No one cared about the fact that I had worked for all these major corporations like Nike and worked for Michael Jordan for four and a half years and worked on these big multi-billion dollar, you know, um, marketing campaigns and all. None of that mattered. What mattered is how talented was I as a makeup artist. And so the level of humility that I came into this, not caring about anyone else, not caring about perceived uh, perceived uh, competition, not caring about you know, whether someone believed that I had paid my dues or not, I set my own standard. And as long as I was happy with the path that I was taking, I was doing it with authenticity and integrity, then I was happy with that. And so that really, for me, was, was, was a huge part of my success. When I left corporate America for the first year of starting my beauty business, which is essentially going from a six-figure income to really not knowing where my income is going to be coming from because I'm now starting from scratch. I did not shop. I did not um, buy anything, buy anything extra or excess. I didn't travel. I didn't do anything for that first year. I, I worked and invested everything back into me, my artistry, my business, my kit. I kept building my kit, making sure that I had state of the art products, the best, products on the market. I made sure that my image as a, as a professional was, um, was flawless, right? I made sure that I started to create a, um, create a profile of myself that was visible if you searched me. So that required me to, I was writing articles and I was doing, you know, partnering with other publications, doing creating content, all of those things that allowed me that if you searched me and you looked for me, there would be no question as to who I am and what I can do. So that for me was the contributing factor to my success. Understanding that I did not, I could not take the elevator. I took the stairs and every stair that I took was a building block to the next level and to the next level and to the next, next level. I did not skip. I knew that it wasn't a zero to 60 thing. I also respected all of those that were before me. Tons of talented, amazing, legendary makeup artists in this business, you know, who have been here and who are doing it and who many of them I admire. But I also knew that I had my own lane to carve out. I had my own lane to move in. And I was comfortable with that lane. So I think another part of success is being able to say, Where is, what, what is my lane in this? Yes, you've got a crowded street, but can I still create my own lane in this crowded street? You absolutely can. You just have to figure out how to do that. And I did that. And I would say that that would be the key to the relative success that I've had. I love that. So you created your own lane on a crowded street. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's <what you laughs> right there, Melissa. I love that. <laughs> So now um, you've, you've created your own brand. So how did you go about, you know, doing that? Like you, you worked for a while as a makeup artist and now you have a lifestyle brand, like your lifestyle expert. Tell us a little bit about that whole thing. 
Yeah. So, you know, for me, it's about continuing to evolve and understanding like how much value can I add to a person's life and, and to the, not just a person, an individual that I work with as a client, but also the industry overall. And I feel that I was blessed enough to have a quality education, quality education. So I have a bachelor's and an MBA, and then I have a quality corporate background. And then I have this passion for beauty. How do I bring all of those together and make an impact in the industry and also obviously service my clients? So I've got these two dual worlds of, right, working with an individual and working with a brand. So, um, you know, or a product brand or, um, you know, so I, I really looked at myself as someone who stood at the intersection of, you know, of beauty and business. I sat squarely at the intersection. And so it was uniquely mine to own. And from there, I figured out, okay, what else can I do? How else can I stretch my talent? How can I use my brain and my brush, right? So for me, that was about, you know, continuing to do the great work as an artist, but also using my brain to develop content, using my brain to, um, to work on product development, We're using my brain to partner with other brands to help them to figure out strategy, uh, research, development, you know, on, on products and those kinds of things. Um, and, you know, I ended up get also getting my esthetician's license. So, cause I knew that I really, I wanted to cover all bases. I didn't want anyone to put me in a position where I didn't have, um, you know, any the qualifications, right? So I made sure that I covered all bases. So I ended up becoming licensed esthetician back in 2017. So I added that to my pedigree. So now I can talk about skincare competently because I feel that if you, an expert is, is someone with a vast knowledge, you know, of a particular area. And so I can't call myself that if I don't cover every aspect, every aspect of beauty. I got my cosmetology license, which was primarily hair, you know, and then working in makeup, as you and I know, there's no license for makeup. You don't have to go to makeup school. You can get these random certifications, but really what comes with success as a makeup artist is your talent. And then as an esthetician, being able to cover skincare. So I used, I fused all of those, that, that education, that knowledge and that experience together um, to create something of value that I can, like I said, be able to work with both product brands as well as, cons uh, as, well as consumers and clients in, any, in a unique way to amplify their life, their, their look, their image, and also the brand. Yeah, and I think you said something earlier about, you know, as you were building, you also build your image flawlessly. And I think you've done that quite well. You know, um, if I met you and I look at you, you say, well, I'm a beauty expert. I, oh, of course you are, right? <laughs> like just looking at you and the way you, you know, carry yourself and uh, present yourself online. And so, um, so I, I think that really sets you apart as well, because everybody don't really see the value mm -hmm. in really just having this flawless personal image as well. No, they don't. Uh, and I've had many makeup artists say that I don't, it doesn't matter how I look. What matters is how I, my clients look. And I'm saying, okay, well, that's fine if you want to have that mindset, but that can only take you but so far. See, I want to go as far as I can in this business. I want to go as far as I can in this industry. And, and, and for me to go as far as I can, I now have to look at myself as a, as a, 
as a creative entrepreneur, as an executive in this business, right? So I need to put on that executive mindset. And I think well, every day when I walk, wake up and I go outside, I'm going to work. So I'm going to look that way. I'm going to look that way consistently. So if you see me on social media, if you see me a real person, that's that same person who is takes make sure her hair is, looks good, her makeup it looks good. I am the I am the representation of my business, my industry, and my brand, and I take that very very seriously. I also ensure that people that I work with and I represent, I, rep, I you know I'm a reflection of them as well. You know brands that I work with, you know clients that I work with. They want to know that she's professional, she's well put together, and I can, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good with her rolling with me because she represents us in a very great way. And all of that matters. And so I'm really not going to um, dim my light because someone else believes that somehow I should not show up, you know, glamorously. I, that should be just my clients. That should be only what my clients should look like. I don't believe that. I believe that, you know, you, um, you know, we, we come, we we're born with a sense with, with an image and a purpose. And we have to really tap into that and amplify that. And no one or anything should be able to, you know, to dim that light or encourage you to do so. I would agree with that for sure, for sure. Because I, I live the same way, you know, and I'm all about that, you know, just making sure I have myself put together. And I know that like when I look flawless and I look good, I feel good. And when I help my client do the same thing. And then if, if I'm if I'm looking good and coming to a job, they feel like, oh, she can make me look good too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so I absolutely. I mean, I've gotten a lot of that. I mean, I have clients who don't even question you know they sit in their channel like melissa we know you good you know i, I know I'm, i don't even have to question what you're doing because i see how much you know how you put the care into yourself you know i don't i, I can trust that you're going to put the care in me and that, that's really what it comes down to how much do you care how much do you care do you care enough to wake up in the morning and take a take a little bit of pride in putting yourself together before you walk out the door because here's what's going to happen that lazy mindset is going to translate into everything else. It's going to translate into your products. It's going to translate into your talent. And in, 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 in the era of COVID, it's going to translate into your sanitation and your safety because you're going to skip corners because you're lazy. So if you're too lazy to put yourself together, then guaranteed, I'm going to believe you that you're going to be lazy in every aspect of your life. And I'm not just not that person. You know, I'm an overachiever. I overdeliver, and I want you know. I, that's that's the 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 consistent image that I want for myself and my brand. Wow, Melissa, I've never quite heard it put that way, but yeah, that's definitely yeah. I would agree with that, and that's definitely interesting. I've never heard it put that way, so that's the first for sure. It just comes back down to if people show you who they are, believe them the right. first time. Exactly. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> So you're the beauty, you know, expert, makeup artist, lifestyle expert. And so now you have created your own agency to the glam agency to help uh, beauty professionals in their career. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So when I, uh, as I work in, in, in television and in film, I, one of the things that I realized is that there was um, a lack of representation of us on set. And a largely when I talked to the production managers in terms of like, why, you know, aren't there more of us? And I do have those frank conversations because they do tell me like, hey, you know, do you know, they always ask me for recommendations. Do you know of, do you know of, do you know, because I don't know of. And I'm like, wow, it's amazing to me that you do not, you know, you do not know 
the amount of talented and qualified, you know, black makeup artists and hairstylists that are out there because there's so many of them. So I said, you know what, why don't I just be a part of that solution and provide an, an, um, a space where that's the, the, the artists and the talent can be a part of my team and they can then be, I can then be able to outsource them seamlessly to, to jobs, whether they be production jobs, weddings, events, you name it. At least I have a go-to team that I have hand-picked, hand-trained, and are, and are qualified to go do that job who represent me and my business. And so that was really the emphasis of that, that we needed some representation. And I wanted to be able to, to solve that. And it's been, you know, it's been amazing. Right now, things have changed. Obviously, with COVID has shifted many of that. And so now I'm going to, you know, I have to pivot the business a little bit to really um, make it make sense for the, it's no longer the new normal, it's the now normal. So the now normal will require me to do business a little bit differently. So in the next few weeks, you'll probably see and hear about that on as I make some announcements. But, um, you know, up until this point, it has really been, uh, you know, a very successful venture because um, many of the talent that work with me would not have had the ability to work in television. And they, they all tell me that. And I'm grateful for, you know, being able to to open up that door for them and to allow them to make a living doing what they love. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this awesome episode. It's Brandy, the beauty business coach. I help beautypreneurs amplify their business and take more action. And I want to help you do the same. Look, all of the celebrities and athletes, all the best have coaches. We all need a push at times to take our business to the next level or to the move to the next level in life. I feel like you need a coach for different periods and areas of your life. So if you're a beautypreneur and you need help with really scaling your business or getting clear on what's the next move for you, then let's connect. I have a free beauty pro discovery call that you can schedule today. Check the link out in the show notes and I hope to talk to you soon. Also, if you're enjoying this episode, please take a screenshot and share it on Instagram and follow me at I am Brandy Taylor on Instagram and check out my website at IamBrandyTaylor.com. I hope to connect with you soon. So when you were working with them, you mostly helped them get like TV types of jobs and different things like that. <laughs> and I know now with TV, it's different. Like you said, um, I know like a lot of people are doing things like virtual, like we are right now. Mm-hmm. And so even with the news, I did a news segment and it was via Zoom. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. We're talking to me about beauty tips and stuff like that. So now that is a shift. So if you're, but there is still some work out there. So some people are still doing makeup and needing services, but I guess in like TV and film, it's going to be different for sure. Like you said, it's, it's, it's not the new normal. It's the now normal. It's now normal. The everyday woman is not getting makeup done like she used to anymore. She will still go get her hair done, but she could care less about makeup. But the but the the celebrities and the and those that are on TV, the ones that are going to continue to work are the ones that have the good relationships with their clients, right? So I've been able to have some jobs since then because you know I have um, clients on TV that I've had a relationship with for years, so they know my um, not only my work but they also trust me that I'm going to make sure that I'm, I in, in, enforce and incorporate the safety protocols that are necessary uh, for the times that we're in. So a lot of the jobs that are here now are relationship-based jobs. Have you worked with them before and do they trust you? 
And, you know, there aren't a lot happening right now. Production is not necessarily fully open, fully back open. So it's slowly trickering in. So it's been very challenging for a lot of people. I, I have been blessed enough to do a lot of Zoom. I am now uh, a brand consultant uh, for a uh, makeup line. So I'm now also helping to, you know, piv- I'm, I'm pivoting my own brand to, to go back on to the side of the, the corporate realm without being in on the inside. So as a consultant, I'm able to work with brands uh, from the outside in. Great, great. I think that's awesome. And I'm sure you'll be, be able to find ways to pivot it um, as we all have. But, you know, uh, we have to do that right now. Mm-hmm. So that's something that we have to do. So ways to just pivot it and, help, and still help uh, beauty pros find jobs. So what has been the biggest lesson that you've learned as an entrepreneur? Mm. You got to bet on yourself every time. You know, as an entrepreneur, you just got to bet on you. And when you do that, you win. Even when you lose, you win. Because in the losing, there's a great amount of lesson involved. But at least you bet on you, right? You didn't put your business and your line, you know, your, you, you, didn't, you didn't put your brand and your business in the hands of someone else to tarnish and to trample on, you know. Um, you took all the risks. You stepped out there on faith. You did the best that you could do. And it's not always going to go right. But even if, if it, when it doesn't go right, it, there's still, like I said, a great deal uh, um, of grace in that because you definitely learn something. Um, and so I'm always willing to bet on me. Every idea that I've had has not always panned out correctly, but at least I did it. You know, at least I said yes to me. And I think that's one of the greatest things we can do as an entrepreneur to bet on you, say yes to your dreams and give yourself a thousand second chances. I love that. I love that. Bet on you and give yourself a thousand second chances. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know yeah. sometimes we're hard on ourselves and we don't. Yeah. yeah. I mean, don't, you know, I absolutely believe that we can be hard on ourselves for a lot of reasons, whether, you know, just because, we, we, we don't necessarily understand that there's really uh, favor in failure. Um, a lot of us are not as spiritually grounded as maybe we should be. So then we don't really look at um, things happening to us, not for, I mean, things happening for us, not to us, right? So you really, when you, when you have a strong spiritual foundation, you start to look at uh, trials and tribulations differently. And so I think that that has been a blessing for me uh, to have a strong spiritual base and a strong sense of self to know that, um, like I said, I'm definitely going to make some mistakes. I, I have definitely had some failures. I've had some hiccups. I've made some bad decisions, but I give myself grace and I give myself uh, enough room to know that I have, I can, I can also, I get a second chance to do it again. Awesome. So Melissa, how do you stay motivated? Oh, my two-year-old uh, keeps me motivated. She's a two-year-old? Good... I do. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. She's wow. the light of my life. She's the light of my life. So you having a daughter is an, a tremendous uh, motivation. She is um, the greatest gift that I have ever had. And so when I look at how she's growing and maturing and paying attention to me, 
and uh, and it, and it inspired by me at such a young age. Um, it is a tremendous amount of beautiful fuel that she gives me. So that's a huge part of my you know motivation. My other part of my motivation is knowing that uh, I, I always there's this theory called the rocking chair theory, and the rocking chair theory is. Imagine yourself at seven years old, sitting on your rocking chair on your porch or in your backyard. What would they say about, what, what would you think about your life? Would you sit there on your rocking chair thinking about all the things you should have done and could have done, regretted? Or do you sit on your rocking chair happy and blessed thinking, wow, I did everything that I wanted to do. I did everything that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And now I can sit here and, 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 and enjoy the fruits, you know, of my labor. I can enjoy the legacy that I built. And so that really, when I think about that, you know, I'm 43. So 70 years old would probably be here real soon. <laughs> the way that life is going fast. <laughs> so I think about that and I'm like, yeah. So far, I've done everything that I've wanted to do. And I've got so much more that I will do. And I will not stop. I will not stop because it is all there for me to have. Yeah. Well, that's a good thing to reflect on. And I think we all should reflect on that. You Mm -hmm. know, because I know I spent many years living in fear of doing certain things and fear of stepping out. And now, you know, I'm always telling people, like, you just have to do it. It's not as bad as you think it is. It's never for how scary you feel like it's going to be. It's not going to be that, you know. Yeah. And you because know, the truth about it is, yeah, when you hit 70, chances are, I mean, there are still some things you can do. But chances are you're not going to do the things you would have done when you were 30 and 40. Right. So do it now. Do it now. I, I'm, I'm telling you, do it now. There's nothing like the now. You don't want to. You don't want to live your life wishing should have, would have, could have, or even thinking about, you know, allowing someone else to stand in your way of doing what you, you know, what you dreamed of doing. Right. Um, I just say, do it now. Yes, do it now. I love it. <laughs> so let's talk about your book, you know, uh, Face Your Beauty. Mm-hmm. Now, how did you come up with that name? Oof. you know, my book, Face Your Beauty, came about because I wanted to find a way to talk about inner beauty because I work so much on the outside of beauty, right? On the surface. So I wanted to find a way to, um, to play on the idea of inner beauty. And you don't really get that until you actually start reading the book. A lot of people, when I was, when I announced that I was going to do a book and it was going to be called Face Your Beauty, may have thought that I was going to write a book about makeovers or, you know, um, sort of your, traditional beauty book, but no, my book is about inner beauty. And what I want people to do is really face your beauty in a way that magnifies who you truly are on the inside, because all of what we have and all of what we're meant to become and be is all developed by our own personal selves as we continue to to work on who we are. 
And our lives are going to be rocked and challenged by circumstances and situations that can change how we see ourselves, right? So for instance, my journey of personal relationships, um, you know, and going through a divorce and those kinds of things rocked me, right? And for, if I didn't have that strong personal development, I would have, um, it would have caused me to, to sort of hide and to, and, to, and, to, and to step away from the spotlight and the work that I'm doing because that pain and that trauma um, could have taken me over, right? And I could have felt hidden. I could have hid myself. And that's what a lot of women end up doing. They go through trauma, pain, relationships, a lot of really challenging times. And that's when the depression and the anxiety creeps in. You, you know, you, you, you stop taking care of yourself. You no longer wear makeup. You don't, you don't do your brows. You just, you start to eat, you let yourself go. And that all is about saying, you know what? I don't even want to be seen. Let me go. Let me, let me just, cause I, I feel, I don't feel seen anyway. I feel, I feel that I have no value anyway. Right. When you go through things. And so I wanted to, to, to write a book based on what I know. And what I know is that the greatest part of us is what's, is what is inside us. And if we can face that, then there's nothing that we can't go through and overcome and come out on the other side of thriving as a result of it. And so that really is a book. It's much deeper than what a lot of people would have expected, but I had to go there because I do, I've seen it time and time again with women in my chair, have gone through domestic violence, sexual abuse, terrible divorces, painful upbringings, father issues, all of those things. And a lot of them keep those stories in them and it changes who they are and changes how they see themselves, right? So the idea that the person that you see in the mirror, you don't even believe that person to be beautiful because of all the things that you've gone through. So you have allowed your personal experiences to, 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 to change your perception of yourself. And the truth is, when we do the work, when we go inside and we peel back the layers of our life and our experiences, that is how we're going to get to that peace and that place where we know that even because of the journey, even because of the overcoming, that is uncovering my true beauty. Like that has to be the center of who we are. If we don't get there, we're going to continue to always be rocked by the things that are happening outside of us. But when we face our beauty on the inside, nothing, nothing can make us be unseen again. So that's really what it all came from. I think that's great. And I, I do agree. I think, um, a lot of a lot of women or people in general don't deal with the inner man and deal with our inner selves and the issues and the things that we've been through. Mm-hmm. And um, and some people may put on a lot of makeup and do a lot of the outer things, mm-hmm. but if the inner man, is open, mm-hmm. yeah, 
Yeah, you got to heal. You got to find that beauty. You got to put some lipstick and contour and some lashes on that inner person, right? Mm -hmm. You got to discover that because there is, um, that's what we're most connected to. The world sees our physical self, but we're most connected to that person on the inside. That's who we wake up to in the morning. That's who we go to bed with at night. And, you know, that's our truth, you know? And that's, that's how God made us, right? So we have to find a way to get back to the core, you know, of that. And that's not to dismiss beauty. I still believe beauty is power. I'm obviously a beauty professional. That's what I do. I, I love what makeup does. I love its transformative effect. I love it's how it helps a woman build her self-esteem. But I also, you know, have to be responsible as an evolved woman as well in beauty to say, I want you sis to also work on your inner beauty mm -hmm. because I hear too many of those stories every day in my chair of unhealed pain and unhealed trauma. And I would be completely irresponsible as a professional. If she's sitting in my chair, sharing those stories to me while I do beautiful makeup on her, to not pour into her to help to encourage her to heal from the inside out so that so that she can so she can value that beautiful person she sees in the mirror not just because I did makeup on her but just because she knows how powerful and beautiful she truly is as a person Good stuff, Alyssa. Good stuff. Well, I'm definitely got to get the book. I didn't get it yet, but I got to get it. <laughs> you got to get it too, listeners. I'll make sure I keep that information in the show notes for sure. So face your beauty. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A call to live worthy. I see that. Now. Yeah. All right, the, yep. the subtitle, call to live worthy. I think one of the things that, well, that's one of the number one things that I hear so much about women who are suffering and are unhealed is that they don't feel worthy enough of their own healing. They don't feel worthy enough to live in their truth. And that really comes from, like I said, some of that unhealed stuff that we've been through. It also comes from the noise that we've allowed in our, in our minds and in our subconscious from, from people on the outside. And if you've particularly been in a, an abusive relationship, that is one of the most challenging um, noises to, to, to sort of block out, right? Because here you are, you love and you're loving this person, but that person is also destroying you at the same time. So it takes a tremendous amount of work to heal from that, to separate that person's um, that person's pain that they've caused on you separate that from your own reality takes a tremendous amount of work, but it has to be the work that's going to be, that has to be done because why, if we don't heal, if we don't, if, um, if we don't heal from that, we'll probably end up attracting another person, you know, with those same kind of. Yeah. Cause I'm reminded of the quote of this says, if something about the if the enemy outside can't hurt you, the enemy on the inside, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Times, that's how we destroy ourselves with the with the stories that we tell ourselves, with the thoughts. Stories we tell ourselves. ourselves. With yes. The things that we the 
the unforgiveness and the things that we never mm-hmm. dealt with and we push push down those things will come up and eat on they will come up and, and it may not be like like the outer the enemy outside it's the it's the inner me the, the it's the inner me mm-hmm. absolutely a hundred percent and that is the most le- that is the most lethal because it's the, it's the, because that inner me is the, is that that's that silent killer you know that's that silent thing that no one else can see and you know how you are how it's manifesting in your life because it's in you so that's why it is so imperative to to work on yourself and to take that time to heal and to take the time to peel back the layers um and to take that time to understand how uh how to break free of those patterns and those peoples and those situations that, um, that have caused you to, to, to feel or experience that pain or that trauma, and then just move on with your life, but move on with your life owning, you know, that, uh, owning those experiences, but not letting those experiences own you. So tell us, Melissa, how do you define success? Oh gosh, you know, I define success every single day. And I say that because we oftentimes think that it's this big monumental occasion, this award that we've received, this plaque, this, you know, this big moment, but truly every single day that I'm able to do something um, and accomplish something that I've set out to do, my heart set out to do, that I've been able to mark off my vision board, that is success to me because success is truly a journey. It is not a destination. And if you can tune into being present every day, being present every day about accomplishing a goal or doing something, that is success. That is success because there are so many people who are not who, who, who are just letting life go by, wishing and hoping and all of that. And the fact that you've been able to do something, you've done something today, you'll do something tomorrow, that's successful for me. The other part about it too, when I look at success is when my daughter says, thank you, mommy, that's really powerful for me because I may not mean a lot to a lot of other people. When I hear my two-year-old says, thank you, mommy, and she says it five, six, seven, ten times a day, that means that I've done something great. And so when I hear her little boy say, thank you, mommy, that thank you is bigger than the little thing that I've done for her. That thank you comes from being a, a woman who was born on a kitchen floor in poverty in Kingston, Jamaica, to a single mother with no running water, no electricity, that the odds of me being here and being successful and being where I am, very, very slim. Very slim given the circumstances that I grew, that I was born in and that I grew up in at a very young age. So that thank you was deep because I am where I am now in my life so that I can give everything to her. So while she's thanking me, I'm thanking her for choosing me, you know, as her mom. And that success, 
that's success for me. No wrong answer there. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. So my final question for you, and I know you have one because you collect them. What's either your favorite book or book that you're currently reading right now? My favorite book, honestly, the book that changed my life when I was a teenager was um, Message to the Black Man. And that uh, book was written by Elijah Muhammad. And that book changed me so much because I had never written, I've never read anything that was specifically speaking to me as a black person about life and feeding into me as a person about life. And as a teenager, getting ready to leave high school, predominantly white high school, to go to predominantly black college, I needed that. I didn't even know that I needed it until I got to a historically black college and realized, oh, wow, see God, you are good. Because I needed to be fed about who I am so that I can be able to fully enjoy my black college experience in a dynamic way. And boy, did I. So my favorite book, one of my favorite books of all time is definitely The Message to the the Black Man. Um, My second favorite book would be um, uh, The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison. And so, you know, we all know how powerful, you know, that book is. But as a dark-skinned black girl, um, you know, growing up, uh, and born in Jamaica, but growing up in the U.S. in a lot of inferior circumstances and growing up in Portland, Oregon, which is a predominantly white town, the Blue Eye meant a lot to me as a young black girl reading that book and feeling, um, you know, like I could relate. So those are, you know, two of my favorite books. Um, but I would say... my goodness, um, Eckhart Tolle's book, The The Power of Now. Yes, The Power of Now. That is really what helped me to also shape and define success. And that is kind of, you know, going back to your question about how I see life and how I see success. I see it now. I see it every day. I see it being present because I don't have to wait for the accolades. There are many people in our business that are getting accolades for, you know, these different awards, being, you know, best makeup artist on a show. And while we all want that, it doesn't diminish who I am. It doesn't diminish my talent because I don't have that particular award because I've defined success for myself much, much differently. Now, I would certainly love to have an Emmy as a makeup artist. Who wouldn't? Of course. But I'm not going to diminish what I'm doing right now, because I don't have that yet, I'm going to value and appreciate what God is giving me right now. So that when that time comes, the celebration will be even much greater. So that is, you know, so those three books really are are tremendously uh, meant a lot to me in my lifetime. Great, great. Thanks so much for sharing. It's been so awesome having you on the podcast, Melissa. Tell everybody how they can connect with you on the World Wide Web. Yeah, so I'm everywhere at Melissa Hibbert. First name, last name, Melissa Hibbert. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Pinterest, (laughs) if anyone uses that anymore. Uh, LinkedIn, at Melissa Hibbert. 
Awesome. Awesome. Melissa Hilbert, everybody. Thank you so much. Make sure you follow her. Make sure you get that book, Face Your Beauty, too. As always, stay great, and we are out. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Business Beauty Network podcast. Please subscribe and support our podcast. Please share it. Share it with your friends and family. Also, connect with us. We want to hear from you. Leave us comments. Let us know what you're enjoying about the podcast. Also, email us at bbnetworkpodcast at gmail.com. You can also connect with me on Instagram at I am Brandy Taylor and at Exquisite Looks. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at Exquisite Looks. And you can check out my website at exquisitelooks.com. I really hope to hear from you and connect with you soon. Remember that all things are possible if you only believe. Stay great.